0: All right, so so there was a rumor floating around the office driven by, there's a lot of news coming out of, out of London, which is where, Chuck? Uh, it would be across the pond. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's some, some interesting rumors floating around that maybe uh, two London-based oil and gas companies are gonna merge. Now, what's funny about that rumor, I was like, oh, that's ridiculous, but there is an g- article um, it's actually an article. There's an article not about it, but there's an article in the wall street journal that says these oil giants don't seem tempted by merger mania. Shell and BP say they aren't press- feeling pressure to bulk up after Exxon Mobil and Chevron's multi-billion dollar deal hey guys.
1: I'm sorry to do this. I actually have a board call right now. BD. Good seeing you. You got these three guys tonight. What the hell? <laughs> Are you going to be back? Mm-hmm. Was that Maybe. B? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm not moving. It's like the missing man
3: formation. What just <laughs> happened? Chuck didn't know he had a board meeting. That's how good a, of a board member. Or Chuck is. or
0: someone from London, GF, or someone's like, you better stop talking about those
3: rumors. He gets a he gets a text from the CIA. All right, where's this article? It's like delete this podcast immediately. <laughs> where's this article?
0: That was in Wall Street Journal. But it was but an the rumor article came from a high ranking. Consultant, which means they're probably trying to pitch a rumor to get those two companies to hire them is what I think it is.
3: Oh, you think that they're incentivized some consulting firm like, Oh, y'all should
0: see. Yeah. People are talking about it on the street. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Let's make it happen. I don't think, uh, I don't know, you know, the Exxon and pioneer deal how long was that rumored for that's say like rumored for a long time
2: so i remember a one-on-one meeting with scott sheffield at an investor conference back in 2012 <laughs> bringing, <laughs> bringing up the subject 10 years ago
0: <laughs> no but those but those decks have always been when when shell bought bg it was the, the funny thing is that that acquisition has been sort of in the on the shelf for decades as they were looking for the right price right timing you know, those those consultants are always pitching great acquisitions. Yeah. That's probably been a deck that's you just refresh every every few months. You
3: right? know what's funny is when COVID first started happening at the beginning of twenty twenty some of my former business partners were all McKinsey and they had like this internal McKinsey call and that was the first time I started hearing the term new normal. And Thank all God. it was was McKenzie talking about how this new normal I was like, how can you guys not see that this is McKenzie driven? They pitched and McKenzie sees fucking dollar signs for the new normal and how they're gonna help companies transform <laughs> into the new normal. Except nobody could be on site. Yeah. Well that's right. The new normal actually just kind of looks like the old <laughs> the old the normal, normal. I, shit didn't change. <laughs> but I just thought it was funny, like these consultants will drive a narrative around problems so that they can charge to solve those problems. No doubt.
0: Hey, by the way, we haven't been on air since Fuse. Incredible show. Yeah, we had a week break. I was fused, it. man.
3: It's good. It was cold, like uncanny. I don't
2: think that's going to change. Something about the floor sweating if it drops
3: under 70 degrees. Oh, I was even talking about the inside. Musical. I was talking about outside, but inside's cold too. I was freezing inside. We just had some. We also had some thermodynamics going on here, where it was like cold outside and made it even colder on the inside. Yeah, I was out there. Kirk was out there with those <laughs> EV chargers, he was hawking
2: EV chargers. I
0: I hawk whatever as long as it, you know, I create value. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I pulled the Raptor
2: up and asked for, you know, where I plug it in.
0: The Raptor doesn't work on EV charging,
3: bro. But, but no, I was did good. see.
0: Both. This is hilarious. I see a Tesla X running around town, and their license plate says "Net zero.
3: I laughed so hard when I saw that. <laughs> Net Zero. Mm-hmm. I went. Uh, went not on a ruck. With, zero. Not zero. Went on a ruck with one of my friends. He's in the special forces, and afterwards, he's like, "Do you want to go to Panera?" I was like, "Wait, Guess what." bros and special forces do we go hit a five mile ruck and then hit panera, bread. panera <laughs> for anyways, a bread ball or what yeah uh, yeah i didn't i didn't have anything and anyways uh one of his friends met her up or met us up there and she has a tesla and is parked outside this is over at los Terra, and her license plate on her tesla says no gas and like she's like so proud of it and it took everything i had to like not go off in this panera bread about the virtue signaling like I don't know, like when you get a Tesla, is it like mandatory that you get a vanity license plate that <laughs> I think it is mandated and and like, I think there's a high percentage Tesla of Tesla must and sort I've of seen like, a
2: high percentage that tout the alleged hydrocarbon free yeah. aspect of
3: the Tesla yeah, forgetting the you uh, know, I love Teslas, but if I get one, oh, yeah I'm not I'm just having a normal license plate, and I'm definitely not going to have one that's like. Dude, I Gas speaking free.
0: of, I've never driven a Tesla, but I had to drive one of your boys' Teslas as we were getting the Teslas over to the charging infrastructure. Oh yeah. And it had some like spaceship steering wheel. It was kind of cool. Oh yeah. It didn't have the round, a round wheel. wheel yeah. It was like a like a joystick. Looked like an F one, like it did look yeah. it looked like an F one yeah. steering wheel. After your frustration. Did they come like that? I don't know, dude. You know who you know who we're talking about. He he everything he has is sort of like. The yeah, coolest of the cool. Yeah. His truck is even, he has like one of those trucks. He's got a Shelby. The Shelby? You know the Shelby truck? Oh, yeah. The do- yeah Dude, but- it was, it's like <laughs> totally, you couldn't get any more things on it. <laughs> From Tesla net zero to Shelby truck, that's probably yeah. what? Two gallons? That's how Chuck used, that's how. I
3: don't know if you knew this about Chuck, but when I first met Chuck, he had two vehicles. He had a Tesla X. And an old Hummer H2. He said it depended on which LPs he was with, You're which with. one he would drive. <laughs> so, anyway, speaking of driving, did you guys see this 18-wheeler? that got <laughs> stolen in Houston a Amen. couple days the, ago. The,
2: the joy ride and the high-speed chase.
3: Yes. So, I'll have Jacob pull this up and show this graphic. Someone tracked the helicopter that was chasing <laughs> it. So, you got flight record. And it shows it like starting off in downtown Houston and then goes up to the north side like through the heights then comes down i-10 the first video i saw of it was right here outside of our office like 30 cop cars chasing it i don't know if the suspension was shot or if they like blown some tires on this like the truck's like bouncing up and down (laughs) like coming down i-10
0: had a bed on it or Yeah, yeah a trailer yeah yeah
3: had a trailer and anyways he goes out to katie like actually came down into katie not far from my house and came back up and lasted for hours and why don't they just get stop in front of it i don't understand why uh they weren't able to you know blow out the tires and stop them but yeah anyways that was a whole thing i been i'm surprised y'all didn't see videos like it's been going viral all over the i'm Internet, gonna watch it afterwards yeah we should post that too. yeah someone posted a, a video of the helicopter flight path and you can just see it chasing this truck all over town they couldn't put out the
2: uh i guess they don't make the 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 strips that'll yeah, I don't know. Handle an 18 wheel.
3: Yeah, so it's kind of, I mean, really, Every all you point. have to do, well, all you have to do is take out the front tires of the actual truck. You, yep. know? you don't got to go take out all. 18 but maybe there's the, like
0: the, the trailer would, like, you know,
3: spin jackknife and jackknife, yeah. and then they'd be responsible. Yeah. For but like. it was actually going like, I saw videos of them like going down the opposite side of I 10. Ooh. And, like cars like having to pull over Dude. and like a big police chase coming the opposite way. You better so. be paying attention. Yeah. Wow. That's what, you know, some people. A lot of people on I-10 aren't paying attention, nope. so, yeah, but anyways, I was kind of, uh, it's kind of funny. I always appreciate when I see videos and I'm like, oh, shit, that's right outside our <laughs> Would the, uh Would the auto drive feature recognize that? <laughs> I don't know. Net zero. <laughs> yes. Net zero, man. <laughs> the uh, It'll be funny when we have autonomous trucks, if we do. I don't know if you'll be able to hijack him anymore. Did y'all see the guy that stole the front end loader out in Odessa? I did. That was pretty cool. Yeah. No, I missed that one. Oh, dude, how'd you miss this? <laughs> we're gonna go down this. Now that we're on this topic, we're gonna go down this, but like a few weeks ago out in Midland and Odessa, and it's in between, uh, there's this Wagner Noel uh performance center, and I guess there's a Christian band playing. I think it's Casting Crowns or something like that, and the guy couldn't get a ticket, and he goes and steals a front end fork lift on those big John Deere uh, front end loaders and just starts going on a joyride. And was he trying this...
0: to break into the concert?
3: I don't know what he was trying to do. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if there's a lot of thought, but anyways, the cops are just chasing him. We see all these videos and all of a sudden, cops just unload on him, put like 160 bullets into the cab and kill his ass. Dude, they did that? Yeah, they shot him and killed him. Cause he's like trying to, you gotta think man, the articulation of a front, front end loader, like they can yeah. turn really quick. <laughs> So he could like turn really quick and was like aiming it at cop cars. And they're trying to like get away from him. i would probably hurt. Anyways, they're just, uh, my favorite was like, I posted the video on Twitter and the commentary. There's like a lady shooting the video and the guy that's next to her is just very well versed on front end loaders that's <laughs> like midland odessa is like the only place where you have some he's like what they need to do is take the car and put it in the middle of and he was right like if you hit it like in the middle of how the many guys can
0: drive front loaders per capita in midlands probably there's more people that can drive front loaders in midland than everyone in houston can i can i can too by the way i've, oh, can I've you? It.
3: well you know what's funny is like like at our it's oh, yeah. like a fuse like we have these like rug, we have like welcome. these little telescoping forklifts and everyone like i'll get on They're like you know how to drive a forklift i'm doing a fucking drove massive front end loaders loading eight inch drill collars on our rig like my team doesn't respect my blue collar back dude and <laughs> i
0: i used to drive like bays of bales of hay around and those things like your tractor will flip and kill you if you're not oh yeah, yeah. If you're not smart Now,
3: i used to take i could get eight eight inch collars drill collars on my forklift and then nine it made me start doing wheelies on the front tires, so I'd always do that. And like, I'd be out there in the yard, just like, <laughs> ass end of the front <laughs> front end loader up in the. Air. Who said I was cutting rebar before, on?
2: <laughs> I drove forklift too, but it was stacking tubing or unloading tubing.
3: Dude, look at it. man, there's not a podcast in the world that has more forklift <laughs> operators than Big Digital. Energy. We we were cutting
2: rebar with a torch, and they let the amateur do it, and I had the rebar too close to the to the fork blade and almost cut into it it's like kind of
0: grab it out of my hand (laughs) what I love about it's when I first (laughs) compromise the integrity of the fork blade when you do a lift and I'm sure this applies to all you guys like when I first got on a tractor and someone's like let me show you how to use it I'm like no 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 no, I got this I want to I want to hit every button every little you know like (laughs) yeah joystick I want to do it myself and figure it out
2: you ever drive an airboat
0: no it goes opposite, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. the opposite. Yeah, you got yeah. two handles.
3: Yeah, and there are no brakes. Oh man, no brakes and no reverse. I've never driven an airboat. We should do that as a trip sometime. BD That'd be that awesome. on the airboat. <laughs> so that's yeah. why so
0: many people kill each other in are on jet skis is because it doesn't stop and you, right. You know, you, you head at your friend. I've done that in college. <laughs> I head at my friend and I was gonna like power turn. I decided just to cut the gas. <laughs> <laughs> right into his back. He went, boom! And I launched him. And I,
3: man... You're all laughing about it. it <laughs> his friend's paralyzed. He no, if he was paralyzed, I wouldn't <laughs> laugh about it. But it was funny when he got out of the water and he got back on his jet ski. I was like, sorry,
2: bro. All right, there's, there's energy news in here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well... Well, everything we've talked about runs a well. So let me first well,
3: yeah, we can do up. a plug. Well, I love about energy. is You can tie it back to energy. I want to Somehow. do a plug
0: for Collide Pro because we were on the show two weeks ago talking about our pro- pro- prognostications on oil prices at the end of the year and a one of our fans listeners told me over the weekend that we actually did this at the beginning of the year and we should have pulled up the data from the beginning of the year of what our guesses were of what oil prices would do at the end of the year so why collide pro is perfect for that right
3: yeah did you go search it
0: no not yet but oh are you put me on the spot like i
3: gotta do it right he's now. not
0: instrument rated yet i <laughs> uh, yeah i know how to do a front loader but let me get on glide pro and get that thing going no we can but go I find
3: it no yeah we made those predictions but we haven't kept up with them so we should go look it up you know what's funny i was trying to figure out the name of this nut because me and uh
0: (laughs) there was a guy at fuse that was a nut man yeah
3: (laughs) he knows who he is he's probably a listener we won't talk about it we won't won't
0: talk about it
2: let's not time
0: travel um we uh gravity
3: dude but you know last year's cheese me and chuck did this like long 12 hour telethon before fuse like we literally sat in the recording studio for 12 hours just live streaming anyways we ate crickets and we ate these like the world's hottest nut which is called a death nut, but I couldn't remember the name. It's a nut that's hot. Yeah, and I couldn't remember the name of the nut, and so I got on Collide Pro and I searched nut, and boom, brought it up like two seconds. I was like, "Oh, it's death nuts." All right, I'm gonna the get moment
2: it. you were saying it within twelve hours of video. Yeah, you were able to go right to that. Yeah, right to that. So yeah. we
3: could go. So back. we go on. We can go on Clyde Pro right now, and <laughs> I can look up Big Digital Energy oil prediction. Boom, it'll pull it up. Maybe I'll do a demo of that later and show it but yeah i remember we made all of our predictions but i have no idea i don't remember what we said so it'll be interesting Well, there's to an see. easy way to go put
2: that all back together i don't think anything's changed
3: though so
0: and the good it, news is i'm talking to some there people after fuse have been reaching out wanting to sponsor our show because of collide and what we're talking about so we might even have more data. You know what's funny
3: stuff? to me at Fuse? I was sitting there with Kirk. This happened like two or three times. I'm sitting there and someone would walk up to me and I know him and we start talking. Kirk like, Yeah, I'm Kirk. And I'm like, Yeah, I know. I watch your show. And <laughs> Kirk's just like his face, every time someone said that, he was like, Oh shit, people actually do <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> He's like, I gotta watch it. And I'm <laughs> not Kirk's- as
0: like threatening. Like Mark's this tall, big dude that people are scared of. So they would go to me because I'm like, Dude, the I meant to get guy.
3: a picture. I had Mark and brett pennington in the same room together and they look like it's not like they look a lot alike but they just look similar because they're both the same like height um both white dudes with gray like goatees and so y'all can pass for each other actually someone at opportune we were doing the speaking thing me and brett and uh someone walked up to me They're like man i thought that was mark meyer up there (laughs) (laughs) we should get him to come sub in for you someday for bde and see if anyone uh see if anyone notices but anyways i did see some interesting stuff happening down in panama um i didn't haven't even seen this is what's crazy about the internet is i didn't even see this on the news i've just seen this from a friend that i followed for a long time on twitter and he lives down in panama but anyways uh big protests happening down there um protesting a copper mine Mm -hmm. and i say big protests i mean he makes it sound like the country shut down like can't drive anywhere you can't get anywhere i mean it's a national thing um and so big deal but then he had posted uh he said that black market 91 gasoline in the Chiriqui (laughs) province of panama is going for 13 dollars a gallon which is just crazy what the fuck is chuck doing behind me i mean clearly that
0: clearly chuck gave so much advice on this board call he's back
1: they kicked me off chuck's
3: (laughs) on a board call for 10 minutes shouldn't you be on bd you gotta go back so we got chuck back with us but yeah so apparently uh 13 a gallon for black market gasoline there which kind of implies that there's a gasoline shortage and i tweeted out that we really take it for granted in the united states being able to not only have affordable gasoline but just readily available access to gasoline as well.
2: And this is right on the cusp of, I don't know if you've seen the IEA has another what's next, whatever you want to call it, um, report focusing on Latin America Mm. and the energy transition, uh, with respect to, you know, the, the overall kind of net zero, uh, platform that they've used for the last couple of years now.
3: So. Be interesting to see. You know what's interesting about Latin America and, and quote unquote energy transition is that there's so many you know two stroke gasoline bicycles Dude. down there Yep, and that's such an easy thing to electrify right? I mean something like these you know it's funny because even like people I know that are like super anti EVs they have electric bikes like everyone loves them they're fun as hell to ride around and so I could see and these little Two-stroke, four-stroke motors are actually terrible when it comes to emissions. Emissions, And so I actually think that that's a pretty interesting aspect of energy transition is replacing all these gasoline-powered bicycles. With so you got to step
2: back things. and take a look at the, at the grid and reliability in those places. It's also true.
3: Places. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like we'd interviewed someone down in um, Latin America a couple of weeks ago. And after we got off the call, I told Sydney, I was like, hey, did you notice how all the lights were off? It's like they don't have power right now. And like right there, I was like, that's how much we take, take it for granted of being able to turn on the lights. And
1: I mean, it's an amazing engineering achievement that we can have power running in the United States 99.8% of the time. Yeah. And we're pissed off about the 0.2%. Yeah. You know? yeah.
3: yeah we the that's great. right. Yeah, no, yeah.
1: it's 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 an amazing achievement with all these moving pieces. Mm-hmm. To have a consistent current is unbelievable.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Like everyone just likes to shit on ERCOT and utilities, but if you actually think about it, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, what we and, have here.
1: And the other thing about ERCOT, as I always say, it's a leading indicator. It happens <laughs> two years early on ERCOT versus all it's the true. other regions. Yeah. So yeah. miso, coming at you.
3: Yeah. yeah john arnold spoke at fuse and had some really interesting slides in his uh presentation um you know just kind of highlighting you know what they're doing with grid united is building uh transmission lines that cross the seams of uh the different uh parts of the country and anyways it's interesting to see like he had one that laid out hey you know this is where the majority of solar power comes from wind power these are how the, the the grid is segmented across the United States this is where all the power plants are but you start i mean there's just a lot of moving parts and getting all of that to communicate is i mean a, a feat in itself so
1: cuz i had i had Campbell Faulkner on Chuck Job and we talked about interconnecting ercot to the east and to the west and his take was just engineering wise, it's too difficult a challenge, too costly a challenge to be worth it. So I'd love to be able to get Campbell and John Arnold, who's, you know, brilliant and all that good stuff, to actually have a discussion about it just to see because I'm yeah, you know, we got 20 minutes at Fuse with John Arnold, and I'm sure he's dug into the cost, yeah, the engineering yeah. requirements Absolutely. and all. And so I think that'd be fascinating. Because yeah, I think what he was saying is we need to go outside the grid. Wasn't he basically saying that, that I'm going to connect solar here over here directly without necessarily
3: interconnecting? But he didn't get that granular just because he didn't have the time. Yeah, I think what he was getting at, too, is, you know, he had that price that pricing map that showed, like, hot spots of... Which we can pull that up into the show, right? Yeah, yeah, we we have that presentation, so Jacob can pull up uh, these slides. But, yeah, he had this one that was a pricing slide that showed um price among these transmission lines compared to you know the normalized price across the us and there's very clearly some places where energy transmission is just the cost of energy is more expensive due to lack of transmission and so it sounds like with grid united they're trying to go in there with like you know four or five projects to Mm -hmm. enter i thought I think it, it's interconnecting across the seams yeah. of these of these because solar price
1: goes goes negative in California potentially at some points during the day. That'd be great to have at nighttime in, yeah, in takes Texas. Over yeah, you know, yeah, yeah and yeah. wind picks up at night in Texas. Yeah, and-
3: so yeah, that's um, you know that's pretty interesting aspect of it in terms of uh, transmission. But yeah, this whole thing with like with uh, with what's happening in Panama, I think it's interesting because. A couple of weeks ago we were talking about um, copper shortages. Actually someone someone had like a trivia question on it, right? Was that you? That was me. Yeah. You yeah. yeah. I mean, Mark, you can Mark get nothing it. It past Mark. No, Mark, I was over here, I think, I guess like lithium or something. When the
0: aristocracy like, from across the pond, yeah. when, whenever they're in town, they're like, where's the smart one on the BD show? Where's Mark? Where's, <laughs> where's Mark, <laughs> where's Mark? <laughs> I'm like thanks. And you but- know what's
1: even worse about this? I get that like Mark's smarter than I am, so I can I can live with that. Kirk, you got questioned on your fashion sense being worse than Mark, right? <laughs> I mean that Mark outshined you fashion wise. That hurt. That yeah, hurt a lot. No, and then saying. I went and did
0: a wardrobe wow. change, and that person that questioned me left before I could be like. Look at, me now. <laughs> look at me now send me pictures i'll make sure she's
3: so i sent it. this i came up with this you know idea for this copper shortage and i shipped it on twitter and i was actually a little disappointed it only got 50 likes on twitter but uh said i designed a solution to solve america's copper shortage we'll just launch <laughs> oklahoma meth heads into china for covert <laughs> stripping operations and <laughs> i'll have jacob put this up on the on the video but yeah and can we get the cajun i went i meant to
1: tweet back, can we get the Cajun Navy to pick them up and bring them back with the copper? (laughs)
3: Yes. Yeah, we have a whole operation here. You know what's funny is I used Dolly to generate that image, and I was like, I need a military truck shooting missiles, but instead of missiles, it's Oklahoma meth heads. And I refused to do it because I said I was being derogatory (laughs) to a group of people. And so the way I got around it was, I need a military truck shooting missiles, but instead of missiles, it's cowboys with no teeth from Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) And it that's how I generated it. So, um, yeah, a little disappointed. That well, I, I mean, got speaking of cowboys here. with
0: teeth, though, Oklahoma State, the Battle of Bedlam, <laughs> that was a big win. Oklahoma A and M.
3: Yeah, I didn't. Uh, Shout I didn't out get to, to Wampum. Yeah, I saw I saw a local Oklahoma boys on uh, Twitter talking about it, but I didn't get to watch it.
1: So one of my favorite uh, Boone Pickens stories. Is a buddy of mine hung out with Boone one day, and it was a Saturday football game in Oklahoma, and it was a big win. And I forget what this is 10, 15 years ago, but whatever the big win was back there, they beat Oklahoma, they beat whoever. So my buddy could barely keep up with Boone. And Boone was, you know, 80 at the time, barely keep up with him, did all this. At the end of the night, you know, it's whatever, it's midnight. He's walking out onto the stadium, and um, my buddy's with him. And my buddy goes, you know, this was a big day for you. This was great. And he goes, it ain't over. He sees a football, picks it up, sprints 100 yards to the other end zone, and spiked the ball. And that's how Boone celebrated the big win.
3: You know my favorite Boone Pickens story? Now that we're on this topic, did y'all ever see that Boone Pickens and Drake conversation on Twitter? Oh, that was no. the best. That so was gross. So back in 2012, Drake, he tweets out, the first million is the hardest. And T-Boone replies to him, says, the first billion's a hell of a lot harder. And Drizzy comes back and says, Boone Pickens just stunted on me heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, one last Boone picking story (laughs) while we're here. So,
1: you know, Boone was married, what, four or five times, you know, so obviously went through multiple divorces. Supposedly, if you were going through a divorce and you were in Boone's circle, he would call you up and say, all right, Chuck, you going through a divorce? get your pen and your piece of paper out and he would write down the playbook of what you did he would consult then you, you do this then you do that then you do that by the way transfer the money here as soon as you can <laughs> he had the whole thing
3: how many times had he been divorced
1: i mean i guess enough to three go or four enough handful. to be bitter about enough it. have to
3: have a playbook
1: <laughs> to have a playbook and be pissed off and willing to share it
0: yeah that's hilarious dude good good uh just just transitioning, good story here. I'm looking at Toby Rice's face, his mug on the. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at Toby Rice's face <laughs> on Financial Times, but top U.S. gas producers' pipeline fights endanger industrial world. So he's lambasting the movement to cancel energy infrastructure, and what he said was he. The article goes on to talk about how pipeline construction has just basically gone to zero. Yeah, and that's the biggest threat to U.S. energy independence and security, but. Um, talking about how you know he's the biggest gas producer and he's, his gas assets are stranded if they can get more pipelines up. What's so like
1: mean? like pre you two guys coming <clears throat> on BDE? Colin and I actually talked about this. One of the most uh, influential things that happened in the energy business that's underreported: Biden came in. Biden got to nominate for the swing vote on the FERC, a Democrat. Yeah. Yeah, And they changed the rules for that had been in place for, call it, 25 years for approving projects to now they had to consider climate change. And it wasn't a relative consideration. You couldn't say, hey, if this pipeline is going to make it 73% better than the old leaky pipeline we're replacing, that that was not the standard. It was not relative. It was absolute. So if you could look at a pipeline and said there's point oh oh one Percent of a leak of methane, we can deny that can pipeline. Yeah, that was a big freaking deal that we're now seeing seeing repercussions from this. And, you know, back in the day, it was like, oh, this is no big deal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's no, a it's a deal. big deal.
0: Since 2016, four pipelines that have run maybe connecting EQT's gas fields to the rest of the U.S. have been canceled. Yeah. yeah. Penn East, Constitution, Atlantic Coast, and Northeast Direct.
3: But you know what's crazy? It's not even just oil and gas pipelines. Like I saw Safari Club had protested, shut down a pipeline. I wanna say it was Tallgrass, but I can't remember. Um, but it was a CO2 pipeline for CO2 uh, sequestration. And the operator of the pipeline's like, we're not even an oil pipeline. <laughs> or, or, or that controversial EOR yeah. that you commented on a couple of weeks ago. Oh, what was that? Oh yeah, that was a it lady was from- Washington uh, Post? Washington Post, yeah. What is she, man? Let's go. Dial up. We've uh, only been injecting. We'll figure it out right now. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I would. Yeah, see, I gotta scroll through my Twitter feed. Ah, This is archaic as hell. But yeah, so this lady from Washington Post writes this piece um, about how oiling. Oh, here it is, right here. Shannon Osaka from Washington Post, and the headline of this says, "Companies capture a lot of CO2." Most of it's going into new oil. And the subheader is the government is still finding the controversial practice of enhanced oil mm-hmm. recovery. Anyways, I know this lady had it like she'd posted <laughs> this like four days before I retweeted it and it had like no likes or anything. And then I retweeted it and she just kind of started getting first first commercial
2: skill, CO two flood. Yeah. Where?
3: And she Where was like, it? Seventy
2: two? Nineteen. Rock, yeah. Oh yeah, seventy-two. Nice, nice. nice. Scurry, yeah. And her tweet
3: said, "Oil and I'll gas." I'll also take
1: <laughs> things that made Kinder Morgan for five hundred, please. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she
3: said in her tweet, "Oil and gas companies are capturing an estimated eighteen million metric tons of CO two every year in the U S., but most of it's still going into new oil." I don't think she knows what that actually means. Like oil and gas companies are capturing an estimated eighteen million. It's just metric it's tons. It's not new like-
2: oil. It's just oil that was immobile, and then you mobilized
3: it. <laughs> She also like in the article put like, I don't know, like something around drilling, well, oil, the, drilling oil, the, the, and the, it's like this. You don't use CO two or EOR is not the drilling. It's yeah, producing. I mean the
2: purposing but, of CO two for enhanced recovery. You know, it just goes to show you that that the you know the mission or the narrative has changed for uh, from mitigating emissions
3: to keep it in the ground, right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see my follow-up tweet to that? Yeah. So I was looking, I um, was trying to find somewhere in Houston that has a DEXA body scanner so I can go get a DEXA scan. And anyways, there's this um, um, health clinic down the road. Anyways, I was just like looking on their website and one of their services that they're promoting is CO2 lift vaginal rejuvenation Whoa. and using CO2 injections uh, for... Um, I mean, you can go do your own research. Um, but it's that's like these CO2 injection schemes, or if someone's not trading carbon credits on the back of that, they're messing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good
0: job. I mean, what's interesting though, we're talking about this. I was told, well, that's, no that, that's, that, that's like that 18 wheeler that driving should... the wrong way on the Katy Freeway right yeah. there.
1: <laughs> I was told, no uncertain uh terms that I should not comment on such stories, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: you've been hanging around the good people (laughs) uh, Chuck what's weird though it's a good thing
2: that London showed up on southwest flight routes right Yes, has to be right otherwise you wouldn't go (laughs)
0: nice what's interesting though is we've got this you know pipeline mania you've got Toby on one side this side of the pond complaining but on the other side Rishi Sunak is about to unveil that the North Sea is moving to an annual oil and gas licensing bill. So he's making it easier for UK based firms to actually drill, get drilling permits in the North Sea. This is, I mean, it's very, it's definitely political um, in the UK, ahead of the UK general election, but that's actually interesting that the UK is moving more to make it easier for drilling permits.
2: Well, it it comes under, I think the theme of barrels produced domestically are going to be cleaner, have a lower carbon footprint. You know, we make that same argument for Canada versus Venezuela. Barrels in the US have a lower carbon footprint than other less savory places in the world. So I I think using that as- As
1: as well as their point, uh, because the new prime minister has been talking about, this is a burden on poor people uh, by making hydrocarbons more expensive he's made that point several times
0: Well, you're going to economics. He's going to, um, to, to climate. And question is, does that mean you can put net zero on your Raptor? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go steal that license plate (laughs) and put it on, put it on Mark's car. Put there, there have been other license plates
3: pasted on over you just do what everyone else does and just buy junk I do have carbon credits plate. that like don't actually mean anything and then claim being net zero
0: using ethereum i'm going to buy some carbon credits on ethereum but i mean <laughs> if you look at if you look at north
1: sea production um, there is a noticeable difference between uk north sea uh, norway, north and norway in norway yeah and it's all policy driven right it's not Absolutely. Rock, it's not rock driven so
3: yeah that's interesting though to see that you know he's had those comments and now essentially removing some of the friction for drilling. There's other refreshing. Fris- there's other oh, friction that. But
1: all right, did I make you mad by cutting you off, Mark? I'm sorry. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just checking. Out. He's <laughs> just mad you mean. came
0: back from your board meeting. So quick. Yeah. I'm sorry.
2: I'm just worried about your other directors who might be looking
3: for your wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I said one. Yeah. yeah. They're set up for failure if they're looking for wisdom from them in the first place. Wow, Uh, that's brutal. (laughs) We have anything else on the on the show? It's kind of a slow, like slow. Well, another article
0: hit this weekend about YL again. My boy YL at Shell. Um, he's backing a leader operation. Shell's got to hate Kirk
3: being on this show. We've talked about Shell more. Oh, we,
0: We're talking about Shell way too much, but it's an interesting no dynamic.
1: Oh, yeah, we've dynamic. Ta- our, our guy, yeah, playing uh, 4D chess. He's leaking things to Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we talking
0: Exxon Mobil. We've talked Chevron. We've talked in Independence. We've talked, well, we don't really talk BP all that often. We don't talk Total as much as we should, but Shell's interesting because they're sort of the European bellwether that's trying to make their way back to the US. And their stock price is actually trading near high. So interesting, Wiles is cleaning ship over there and he's actually reducing their budget for clean things but focusing those clean investments towards things that they can do well, such as like they're the largest, um, you know, one of the largest in transportation, so they're going to invest because they move more things around the world on the ocean than just about anybody else. They're focused on, th- you know, carbon capture things that are in their wheelhouse versus running a retail shop in the UK, which they're selling, or Sonen, which they bought, you know, the home storage battery company in Germany. They're going to sell that. It sounds like he's just trying to right the ship and, and put it on a path for 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 being lean because he's really needing to catch up to the us-based companies that are playing chess or tic-tac-toe yeah and he
2: also reference. said though that you know in response to our discussion i'm sure which he heard about conjecture as to what shell wanted was going to have to do in response to chevron and exxon doing yeah
0: and i just for the watershed deal. i don't think he actually listens to our show he has from from my sources he does get an update on what every show is, summary of the show. So That's your, so that's your Sunday night call? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. If
1: he's going to do that, can I say one thing to him? <laughs> Please do not enter the United States by paying people to carry. I mean, come on. <laughs> I
0: mean, good grief. You can just go buy something. Go <laughs> we'll buy something. Dude, he lived in Houston, man. He, know, he's, he rolls, bro. Okay.
2: So, so you mentioned the word leaning or
0: the term leaning up. What does that mean? overall it means he's reducing the budget for they had an annual budget target for sort of what was used to be called new energies i think he's gonna be cut he's, he moved new energies under downstream which seems to make sense to me i'm sure it pisses off a lot of people inside of the company but i think he's trying to put put the company in a, in a position that's great for dividends. And actually they just announced again, some more buybacks. So it sounds to me, he's trying to be capital disciplined. leaning, leaning up is, is reducing oh, budget. Like, like leaning, reducing staff. Is that that's true. They are got it by, by leaning got. meaning, got it. Okay. Reducing budget, which also means people. I was trying yeah.
2: to, I was and, trying to and, be like. And just one uh, comparative in that regard, Exxon's almost two X. Market cap, yeah, with sixty-two thousand employees, and Shell has ninety
0: thousand. I mean, de- bro, they had me on the payroll, and I, I was famous. Kirk
2: quote, I recall from a podcast with Colin and Jake was talking about your Shell experience. And
0: what was the quote?
2: The quote was, <laughs> I'm, not, "I'm not sure the culture can survive me." Oh, shit. oh, oh God, that's damn. awesome. Go look that up on Clyde Pro real quick. Man, oh shit! <laughs> Pull that clip. Delete. Delete. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh. All right, we did have one. Thing. But
2: but, yep. just to button this up, mm-hmm. I, I do in all seriousness, I I think it points out a uh, a pretty stark contrast in the way the European majors have had to, or have chosen to approach transition and portfolio shift. Right, BP was very early out paying big bonuses for uh, UK offshore wind leases, for example. Right, Shell had committed, I don't know what the total capital is, to the renewable business, mm-hmm. but those are much larger early stage commitments than Exxon and Chevron did. And one of the things that Darren Woods, at least I think I heard in the Q&A, was the way I interpreted it is we're going to let the markets develop in these areas before committing, because if you go look at their low carbon businesses and, and the spend, right, and the focus of those, we're letting those markets develop to the point where we have you know, some clarity on returns. I mean, and, I,
0: met with, you know, I met with Exxon multiple times when I was at Shell because we were like, hey, get in the venture business because it's a great way to lose money. Um, <laughs> and they, <laughs> they all looked at me, uh, they're very smart. Like, we have scouts, we're going to look at stuff, We're going to do projects with technology if it makes sense for us. But I think Exxon's just being very cautious and and very smart with the capital. I'm going to say it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you look at drilling in the Permian Basin, Exxon, very late to the game. Let the uh, independents figure out how to horizontally frack it, all that sort of stuff.
3: Yeah. Well, There's something to be said. They did buy
2: one in, what,
1: 2010? For, yeah,
2: yeah twenty six <laughs> billion dollars. Well, that's yeah. true.
1: That that's the downside of watching for too long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but
0: that's what Exxon has. They have a lot of capital. Yeah,
1: yeah. They can.
0: They can wait. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Hey, real quick, music front. <laughs> David Lee Roth and John Five. John Five, the new guitar player for uh for Motley Crue. Uh, got his start being part of David Lee Roth's band. They recorded a ton of music together back in like 2006, 2007, and it's kind of just been in the vault ever since because David Lee Roth was writing for New Van Halen stuff, writing solo stuff, all that. It's starting to trickle out. There have been a couple of the songs released. They released one uh this weekend. And uh, the the lyrics to the song are "I want the shit that killed Elvis." And it's talking about all this partying
0: and all this great stuff. It's
1: awesome. <laughs> okay. So go look that up,
0: David Lee Roth. I want the shit send that the link kills to us. Elvis. and let's also send a link on the show. There we go.
2: Perfect. In, in the realm of music in the NFL, there's a great meme I saw this morning, and it was Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift walking hand in hand, and the caption was. Taylor Swift taking her new album out for a walk. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's funny. Classic. All right, guys. Well, it was good to pick the show back up after Fuse. Appreciate everyone tuning in and listening this week. Um, anything important to remind people of? I don't think so, huh? Tune in. Coming up. Tuning in. Share. Yeah, I told the story about Kirk being yep. surprised that people walking up to him at Fuse and being like, I watch your show and- <laughs> Kirk's like, I didn't think anyone actually fucking watched this thing. So, appreciate y'all sharing the show. We will catch y'all next week.